podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Non-League Treatment Room with me, Cookie, and as always, Davo is alongside me. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Happy New Year, first of all. Know, to yeah, everyone. I know. It feels like a long, long time to say that, really, because it has been a while. Um, a lot of things going on. We're obviously now part of the uh, Sports Social pod- Podcast Network now, so that's now underway. Go check them out because they've got lots of good podcasts on there, all football, uh, rugby, tennis, cricket, you name it, they've got them on there. So go and check that out. Um, but we're back. We're back with season three, so we're going to start churning out these episodes and getting the guests back out to you and those stories because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So... Um, I'm ready to get him in. It's a lovely location. Thank you to Leamington for allowing yeah, us to use absolutely. their facilities. And that might give our guest away as we are in Leamington. A cracking cup of tea as well. Unbelievable cup of tea. Absolutely lovely. And a bucket full of biscuits bucket here full as of well. biscuits as well. <laughs> but this, uh, this obviously person that we've got on today has been mentioned near enough. I would say every other episode. Yeah, quite easily. Easily. So it, easily. We, we've badgered and badgered and badgered and now we, we've managed to... Get, get him in his own den and, uh, and have a conversation, hopefully. So, buzzing Definitely. for this one. So, in the treatment room today, we have long-serving manager of Leamington Town and managing well over 660 games. I'll probably go saying he's managed probably over 700 yeah. for Leamington. Absolutely. Uh, which is amazing. Um, an absolute legend of the game and a very respected person. Please welcome Paul Holleran. How are you, Paul? Good. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Very welcome. Good. Good. That's, does that sound weird when I say nearly 700 games for Leamington? I suppose it's sort of grown with it, really. It's, it's, it gets a little bit embarrassing every season at the moment because what happens in the first half of the season, it's, it's sort of, it's his 12th, yeah, it's his 13th. <laughs> so I, get, I end up getting a, a cake and a, and, a, and a bottle of wine and then later on in the season, it's, it's rather 650 or 700 and it's, it's another cake and a <laughs> bottle of wine and you're thinking oh for god's sake not again you know but, uh, so it, it does sort of uh, I, it do, I mean this it was never meant to be this way um, uh, you know you, you sort of know what the lifespan of managers and coaches are these days but I suppose as we go along we'll work it out but um, yeah no nah, it's um, yeah, I might have to take a leaf out of Jürgen's book and, you know. Yeah. You never know. Get on Scottish sports. I think they'd be up for it. Not making an announcement tonight at the show, Gavin. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, yeah, it's, yeah, it is. It's, um, yeah. And I suppose, you know, when you add up the other games, it's... Yeah, it's probably a it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of games, so probably it's well over a thousand, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I'm still, I'm still, um, I'm still tossing and turning at night. I was tossing and turning Saturday night. After the game, so as long as I'm tossing and t- turning and getting up in the middle of the night thinking about it, then I'll keep doing it. I think when I start doing that, I'll sort of probably know I've lost my edge, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> um, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about Leamington. So, Leamington fans listening, we will be talking about Leamington, but we obviously want to talk about your your past, a little bit about your playing career, what happened then, and other teams have managed just to get you get get to know you more, and so the the people listening get to know you as well. Um, but Leamington definitely will be coming up Absolutely. in the conversation, but. We always kick off with, what does football mean to you? Now, it's a very big question, and it could mean a lot of things, but obviously the games that you've had and the, the time you spent in the game, what does football mean to you? Well, I, I think, it, I think for, for a lot of people, it's, I think there's, there's lots of 
different kind of leaves on it, really. But I think the, for me personally, it's the from a younger age. It was, um, and it sort of come all the way through. Is that it was it was a bit of an identity, really. That you know when you you were sort of growing up in probably Warstock on a council estate. And there weren't much going on in them days in the 70s. And uh, you could go and link up with a, a football club, meet different people um, from different areas, cultures, whatever, even then. And, and just friends, a um, bit of discipline in your life. Um, and it's grown as the, as the year. It's just, it's the friendships you make, the people you meet. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, the, the community side of it, for me, you know, wherever I've been, the clubs I've been lucky to be involved with and the people I still go out with them now, we still talk. I've got God knows how many weddings. I've still got <laughs> over Christmas I was I was out with four or five boys that I played with and I was in my teens. Um, and there's football is it's definitely one language. It's definitely and for me that you know I see how much good football does in communities, how much good it does for young boys and girls. I mean, you know, how it does well. You've seen young old barrier top popping around the place. Yeah. You know, um, it just, you know, it's just for me. Football's just, it's, um, it's just that kind of like you say, community, togetherness, friendship. You know, and then personally, you structure your discipline. When I was younger, it puts a bit. You know, just as daft as it sounds, you've got to be there at a certain time. Yeah. Boots have got to be clean. You know, you've got to have your fifty p subs. You've got to be there, you know, and that's it. You, you know, you, you learn to be part of a team, and, and uh, it's great, really. It was something I encouraged my children to when they were young as well. And um, but now, football certainly, as well as the ups and downs of football and everything, and the, and the highs and lows, um, probably, you know, for me, all the friendships I've made and um, and everything would be the highlight of it all, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, what would you say your biggest achievement so far in football is? You've had so many massive achievements in your career, but is there one that sticks out where you go, yeah, that's, that's a big achievement for me? Um, I suppose as a topic, the one that pleases me the most is when I can get, get the players into full-time football. You yeah. know, that's, that's the one that sort of, as the years have gone on, I've spent a lot of time trying to mm. um, pick up the right young players and give them a bit of a polish and then really not... You know, not trying to keep them here for my benefit or our benefit or whatever, trying to get them pushed on. And I suppose out of all, all them players, that there was the boy called Courtney Baker Richardson who um, who basically, I'm trying to think how old he was when he came here. He played in Coventry's first time, he was about 16. Yeah, 16. I remember, I, think yeah, I was at Barwell with Jimmy as a physio and I think he'd come there on trial for like yeah, a, couple, trying, yeah. for a few weeks. Or and he lost his way, he lost his way, you yeah. know, sort of, at about, I knew of him, and then it, it, we came here at the start of the season, came here on a Tuesday night, Kerry Marcus Law was the manager, and he came on a sub, this Courtney Baker Richardson, and I looked at him, I thought, God, six foot two, big, big, big boy, big strong boy, and I thought, and he caused us no end of problems. Um, and then it sort of, uh, we watched him a couple of times at Kettering then, and then, um, then he got released from Kettering, and then sort of, as as you do with with everything, really, you, you you sort of do your homework, and you know we'd had about in about a twelve fourteen month period, it had about um, it had about eight clubs, and he you know and it just it was the same story whether I was, you know dialed him you know um, 
you know, uh, Liam, Russell, uh, Reddish yeah. had him. Um, and you're ringing those, but you try and get a picture of him, you sir. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, but, you know, and I thought, hmm, interesting. You know, so I remember we got him in and we sat him down and had a chat with him in the room and we were talking. And, and to bring it to quickly, so we just, I thought, well, I can, do, I can deal with that to a certain degree. Um, had to manage him probably different than some other people, some other boys, because he needed a bit of hard love, shall we say. Um, but in the space of probably 18 months, we turned him from this sort of lost, petulant young man into a well-structured, disciplined, hard-working player who, in, in that spell, all of a sudden became popular and yeah. nice and... You sort of missed him when he left, but you end up going to Swansea and played in the first team there, and and he's gone on and he's stayed in football. So he'll always he'll always be Courtney, but yeah. um, he was probably the one that out of all of them that have gone on to do well, he was the one that was. I think was a lot of people would have would have looked at how has that happened because mm. a lot of clubs had had him. You know, he'd been Romulus, yeah, gone to Barwell. I couldn't. One had more. He went everywhere. And I think he just turned up, and people looked at him. Oh, not you know, and he's you know, and he did. He was, he was. But we've always, what sort of the changing rooms? What we're trying to build up the changing rooms here, all the club. But was that sort of a few good experienced characters in it, pros in it, as well as the youngsters, and as well as a few as a few tearaways, and you try and get the balance right, and they can help you set the standards. And we had a lad called Richard Tondra here when Courtney was here. Now Richard was one of the youngest captains of Warsaw Football Club. Played about two or three hundred games at Warsaw. And he was playing right back for us, and he was an older player. He was fantastic, Rich. fantastic on and off the pitch. But again, a bit of a boy out. Mm. It was one of the reasons he probably left Warsaw. But he was good for Courtney. He was brilliant because I converted Courtney into a right sided player. Yeah. And what you'll find with a lot of these players is it's, um, yeah, you, you learn a lot on the training ground, you learn a lot. But if, you, if you're playing with a good player or around good players, and if you, so Richard Tawndry, really, and Richard, you know, he was a hardy boy. Wouldn't take any nonsense, and I remember getting him in the room, the two of them in the room together. And I said, "You," I said, "Richard," I said, "You know why I operate? I'm going to bend the rules a little bit here. You, whatever you need to do or say to him or whatever, you you do what you got to do. Break the rules." And I said, "You, you little blah 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 blah, you big blah blah blah." Um, I said, "You'll take it on board," and, and he taught him how to play football too. And, and but but he did it on board, and and in the end, down that right hand side, them two were like. This is phenomenal. Yeah. You know what I mean? You had, all, you had all Tawndry's finesse yeah. and knowledge and all Courtney's power and pace. And then then all of a sudden he's learning the game. He telling him when to run off, when to check, change his run, when to deliver early, delay the set the fallback back, give give the opposite fallback more to them. It's all it's not remote control. Um, and I can remember that going back when I was a young lad at Sully. And I played a few games in the middle of the park with Robert Hopkins, the old Blues, Man mm-hmm. City player. You know, even then, you can still remember, you know, you know, where are you going? Mm. Where are you fucking going? He said, get back here. You know, oh, right, Rob. <laughs> you know, and, and it was just like that. So Courtney was, I'd always look at Courtney as one that you go, you know, from where he was when he come through the door to where he was when he left the door in 18 months was phenomenal, really. Yeah. And listen, he's, and he's, he's still going strong in the league. Yeah, he is. Um, scores, still I'll scoring, keep an eye on him and he's, yeah, he's still scoring, scoring goals. goals and, and um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so that, that would be one that I'd probably look and think, yeah, we, we, we did all right. we, we did well with that one. Yeah, that I, I, you know, as much as say, if he wouldn't have come here under probably our umbrella, that it wouldn't have happened. So he, 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 at that time, he needed... And I'm probably one of those managers that sort of... We, you know, we, we always have a good structure. We always... 
um, we're, we're well disciplined, we've always been hard working, um, but I also know that, um, you know, certain players, certain moments, you know, different kind of managing, um, and you, you've, you've got to let a little bit go. Mm. Um, you've got to give people a bit of time sometimes, you know, and then give them a bit of thinking time to come back and go, oh, sorry about that, yeah, not a problem, you know what I mean? And uh, listen, I wouldn't have had the Courtney's, the Hoodies, the Batches, the Dailies, the Breedens and all that like, over the years. If you, and you're just because it's just, everyone's different. You see, you know, you look at the very top now, don't you? United and every five minutes there's, there's something coming out about a plan, there's distance, someone's been distant, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, I can go back to... I can go back to Alex Ferguson flying over to Cork every five minutes to get Roy Keane out of jail in the younger <laughs> days. You know what I mean? And it all went unnoticed. You've yeah, just got to do what you've got to do yeah. sometimes. You know, as long as they're not... If, listen, we've, I've had players over the years that have come in the group and I've thought, nah, nah, this isn't going to work. You know what I mean? Um, but I've had players come in the group and thought, yeah, OK, you, 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 you're going to get your wrist slapped now and again and we'll have yeah, a few yeah. fallouts, but we can sort you out. Mm. And Courtney was one of them. And he, you know, listen, and he'll get down as one of my favourite players, and mm. he's one of them you really miss when he went because he was a right character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he, but he was a nice. He was he was a he was a lovable rogue in the end. Yeah. When he first came through the door, he was a bloody nightmare. <laughs> but you know, there we go. Well, the, the, I think this just epitomises what you've said there, really, for me. So, what one thing that I wanted to ask you is, and it's I don't think it's too early to ask this because I'm I'm intrigued and I really want to know. I would class you as as really really successful, not just non-league manager but manager. Now. What would you say them components are to make you successful without you sounding like you're blowing your own trumpet? Why do you think you've been so successful? And obviously that's one part, what you're saying there. You're managing players that are coming in, they're all different players, and some of them players that you've just named there, they're completely different personalities. So you've sort of got to switch in a way the way that you are to then manage different individuals. I've been relegated twice, did you know that? I think it's part, it's part of <laughs> it, it though, it, isn't it, 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 I think? No, it isn't. Um, what I would say is is that from a very early age, I get probably, probably my grounding, the way, you know, just brought up, hard-working, manners cost nothing is what my dad used to say to me. Yeah. So all that, brought up that hard-working kind of family, brought that into football. But but from a very early age, I was, I was practical, just practical. Mm. Um, you know, and... Managed on building sites for years and years and years. So you can imagine the kind of people I've had to deal with there. And just, but I think realistically, I just it's common sense, really. To be honest, it's a mm. bit of common sense and being tolerant, mm. tolerant, and always give yourself a little bit of time. You know, I, I've had to learn as well. Just not, I haven't, I haven't always been as um, um, probably as composed as probably as I am now. Back in the earlier days, but I always still had that. I'd have, even when I'd, I'd have me moments, but I was all big believer, you know, I know people say a lot about what's said in the change rooms, you know, so, but I am sort of one, of, not that it happens very often, but I do, I've always said to myself, look, you know, once we come out the door, it's done, it's done, let's move on. I've never, you know, we, you know, I've had players that have let me down and we've, we've sorted it out and we move on. I don't dwell, I don't dwell. And I also know when, you know, when you're signing certain players, um, from certain backgrounds or certain histories, and Courtney would be one of them. You can't go and sign Courtney Baker Richardson and think he's going to be like Adam Walker, you know. So if you if you sign Adam yeah, Walker, I can tell you what Adam players. Walker's going to be doing at six o'clock in six weeks' time. His life is that disciplined and organised mm. and whatever, you know. If 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 he's ever caught in traffic and he's a minute late for training, he gets so he's got pale. He's, he's that he's he's that. 
he's that, and you've got lots of lads like that. But then you've got other boys that are different, and you have to, and you, you, you get them to where you need to get them, might be bit by bit, but there is going to be a, a bit of shit along the way with them. That's the bottom line. And you've, you've probably got to, within reason, with, within not sort of, um, within sort of not going against what you stand for or what you want the change rooms to stand for, give them a little bit here and there. Understand what they're going through. I think, you know, you have to understand that you've got, so if you look at the span of players I've got, you've got young kids, we've got young kids that have just been released from pro clubs who have been in the bubble since they were eight years of age. They're coming out now, Dan Baldwin, 10 years, 10 years in a bubble, in that bubble, everything done for them. And it, it's getting, it's, you know, now, you know, especially the category I, you know, now it's just, it's on a, it's like a seven-star hotel every day yeah, of the week. Yeah, it's different, isn't it? And yeah. they're just sort of, then the, there's lots to like about these academies and everything, but these boys come out, there's not much support in place, and it's like, what do I do now? Do you think that was Courtney Baker Richardson a little bit? An element of that, yeah. An yeah. element of Courtney would have been the fact that he played in the first team as well. Yeah, come you out know? and he was like, where do yeah. I go now? And agents, agents all over him. Yeah, yeah. And probably needed somebody to spot that and mm. go, right, we need to bring you in a bit earlier, yeah, settle yeah. you down and, and whatever. That, whether, that obviously, I don't think did happen. Um, that's what happened when he come here. So you could, you could see there was a good kid in there. You could see there was um, a little diamond in there. But he just he just needed to just just be a bit more humble, and he just needed to strip it back a bit, you know. Needed to just sort of show a little bit of respect there and there. And, and when we got them, it was all right. But it's just the players. So for instance, you're Dan Baldwin coming into Leamington in the summer, thinking, what am I going to do now? You know, not really ready to play this level of football yet. He's only 17, 18, but lots of potential, lots to like about him. Bit lost. Lives local. Uh, and he'd done well in a couple of trial games we had. And I thought, we brought him into the group. I thought, OK, well, we can, you, know, but th- you can't help them all. We think, OK. So you keep him with the group. You keep him in this environment, which is would be similar to Warsaw, certainly. So when he turns up, the structure, the, just the training, everything we do, we'd think, oh, this, whatever. Um, give him a little job in the academy, doing a bit of coaching. So he's still... And you're just trying to think, OK, we'll, tr- we'll try and help you get through them bits. You've then... What you also have then is then players that last a bit longer at the pro clubs then they come out at 2021 20, we've had lots of them and the, they're lightning when they first come out they've still got this full time mentor this fit yeah, as anything yeah. they drop off a little bit they're not too then they're locked in a bit of coaching a bit of PT and whatever but then they hit 22 and then they start working and that's like they haven't worked Culture you see shot, yeah. and they're like you know the amount of players that have come to me and go I don't know how anybody goes to work and plays football yeah, you know, yeah. and that, that's what I, I get that from whatever. Then you under, then you understand what what we had a boy called Josh Martin. He was captain of the Blues under twenty three. Did great for us. Worked in our academy for a bit. And while he was playing here, worked, no problem. When he started work, forty five hours of work, he was packed up within eight months. I just can't do it. It was such a shame, such a loss. But mm. he looked at it and thought, in his eyes, I've give it a good go till I'm twenty four. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to play what I want to play. I've landed on this great job. What do I do? Yeah. I can't do both. <clears throat> He's gone. That you understand. That's fair enough. Yeah, so yeah. you get that happening. And then you've got the other band of players we've got there, that they've been up, then, then they, they settle down and they get married. And that brings different, different circumstances with it as well mm-hmm. that affect them mentally, physically, the commitment, whatever. And then, God forbid, 
the baby start coming. <laughs> right? And then some Saturdays, it's like a crash. <laughs> and trust, trust me, that's another problem. Yeah. So within the, within the spectrum of players that will play for non-league football, they are normally from about 17, 18 to 35. Yeah. That's what you've got. And I just think, I, I get it, like, I've been through it myself. Yeah, you've, you've... I'm actually a granddad now. <laughs> so, it's, so what I'm saying is, is that, and, you know, I've been there, and I'm not, and I think because I've been, I'm around these players a lot, I, I haven't lost touch with it, you know, yeah. I've got it with my own kids now, my daughter, you know, my son, you see, you see, you see the, you see the emotions of, you see them against their eyes, a bit lost at 18, I don't know what I'm going to do, I think the world's again, you know, and you've just got a bit, you know, that, you know, you just, I bear all that in mind when I'm done, but they've still got to, still, they've still, and to be fair, when they come to football, and I've always tried, what I've always tried to, wherever I've been all over the art, I've always enjoyed football, mm-hmm. and I've sat in some changing rooms and listened to some people, just managers, and all the old classic sayings from years gone by, I was thinking, I was always destined to go into coat, that was what I wanted to do, so, um, I said, oh, I'm going to be like, yeah. I'm going to say that shit. I'm not going to say you're going to go before me and, you know, all this nonsense and whatever. And I never, never have. And, and I just thought, man, man. So um, try to create that environment where it's wherever I've been, it, it, it has been structured, it, it has been disciplined, it has been hard working, principles are good, but we've also enjoyed it. Mm. You know, we also enjoyed it. And I don't get, I'm not, I don't lose my shit over nothing. I've been around too many people that, and I think sometimes if you if you're constantly losing it, then when do they know when you are, when when you are pissed off? Mm. Uh, um, yeah, you know, yeah, good point, I think the way football is now as well is I've got to be honest. You know, we, you move with the times, and we, we've got some cracking young kids around the football club who do all kinds of sports science lads, and a lot of these university students. We just get them in. Come on, in you come. You know, uh, lad who does the GPA, and it's, it's all there in black and white now, and. Um, I don't. I still trust my own eyes and ears. That's key for me. Mm. But it is great. Some of the, some of the stats you get sometimes great because in today's world, the, the, the players you get now are completely different animal to what you got 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, right. That's just the way it is. And, and sometimes you need to put that bit of push that bit of paper in front of them and go. Mm. You know, you ain't going to believe a word I say. You ain't going to believe a word the coach says. So, so have a look at them stats and tell me what you think. Yeah. I won't mention the player's name, but a player's name a couple of years ago got him in the office. And he, he, he wasn't doing what he should be doing. And um and it was it was one of and I, he, he was disappointed. He just he just lacked um he lacked that probably bit of oomph, you know, bit of, bit of you know, really, you know, he was he was within himself. And we were working really hard to try and get him to where we felt he needed to be. Got him from a lower league website. And uh and in the National League, you know, with the, with, the, with the different scout sevens and different, it's all in there. And you, you, you log on. You can get any information, anything you want on any player. So this particular player played 7-11-10. And the National League base, the date, would say there are 220 players that play in this position. And they'll give you all the, they can give you all the stats of those players. So you go on and go, right, you put his name in. So, for instance, sprinting. Mileage covering, crossing, you name it. There were six, seven, eight different categories. He was between 200 and 220 out of these players in the National oh, League. Okay, so, yeah, right? yeah. so it was there in black and white. You were in the bottom three, four percent. Right, okay. So I said, good. 
Take them on. Can have a ride with them. We'll have a chat Thursday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just so. So it's, it is handy sometimes having. And on many occasions, on many a time, I've, I've interfered with the data to, to really give them something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, we want to take you back a little bit, Paul, on your playing career. I know that we spoke on air before or off air. Sorry about. Um, you said that you didn't have much of a play, playing career and it was over before it already started. But obviously, if we can go back a little bit and you can tell us a little bit about your playing career. So, Solly Borough, Kings Norton, how was all that for you? And what sort of level was, if you could equivalate it now? Yeah, well, it just, it kind of, but the funny thing about, so you go back to football, when I, when, when I was started in the, the, you couldn't play football till you were under 11. So there's not, it's quite strange. I was thinking about this the other day, actually, that, mm. you know, you Parents, what do you, where do you think I should take my little Jimmy and little Johnny? And people are now, no, should he go? We, we've had Warsaw on the phone, he's like three and a half years of age. <laughs> just leave him <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, yeah, club at the moment, will you? So, no, but and it was, I was like, I said something, it's just bizarre now to think that there was no teams until you were under 11. So, when I was sort of, you know, that age, so that would be um, sort of eight, uh, 80s, you know, straight into 11 aside as well. Or yes, back in the day, that's yeah. It, yeah, it's mad, yeah. Look Daisy at Farm Park. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and people my age will be listening, oh, bloody hell, that's right, yeah. Yeah. And um, straight into Daisy Farm Park. And that was, I touched on earlier on about, I think, I mean, my life was with the ball, walking up Arlington Road into Daisy Farm, organising the football game. The lads would follow you up the council, start like, oh, six sides, seven aside, with the ball. And that was it. And then all of a sudden, this team started training. Oh, oh, I was about nine, ten. And it was Maypole Juniors, and it was like, who are they? What's all this thing, you know? It was a day long before the internet and all that nonsense. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, and I just got involved with them. And um, there was two things I remember about Daisy Farm Park were we had this centre-forward playing for Maypole called Ricky Carter. Do you remember him? I don't know. No, no that's probably before me. your time. Few, few people remember Ricky Carter. So he went on to... He, I mean, well, put it this way, I think... The only way you could play at under 11, you could play, so Recky, Recky, Recky Carter, he was, um, he was a year younger, so he would have actually been under, but there was no under 10, so they put him in the turn. And I think he scored, a, if I remember, 131 goals this boy scored in this under 11 league in the Central Warwick. What? Yeah, yes, yeah. 131. <laughs> and I think, yeah, yeah Recky Carter, and... And then, God forbid, he dropped down a level then. He went to his right eye. I don't know what he did after that. But he, he, at, that, at that point, he was going to be this, that and the other. Um, and he did start off well. I lost track of him. Um, but played in that very good Bromsgrove side years ago when they were close to the football league. He was still... But he, he come out of football. He came out of it sort of... Um, late 20s, he'd sort of gone a bit. He's one of them that you thought would... Could have done, could have done like a Bellingham, yeah, yeah, yeah. but ended up yeah. sort of, and that happens. Um, so that was the one Daisy Farm. The other thing about Daisy Farm Park was when it got, we got to sort of 12, 13, I'd be walking up with the balls and setting everything up, and then people started disappearing, and I'm thinking, what's going on here? The girls started turning up. Yeah, that's it. So some of my mates were disappearing. I'm going, hang on, mate, we've got to go before. What's going on here? And I was like, what's going on here? Can't, can't be having this, you know. But, uh, <laughs> that's, that's memories of Daisy Farm Park. But Recky Carter, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, so kids football, great. And in them days, there was no academies. There was some school of excellences. Yeah. I got invited into a few of them. Um, I what? went to Lily Shaw. I went to Lily Shaw with Ronnie Morris. Love Lily Shaw. Some some people that it was a bit different then. Mm. Um, there was two from Birmingham. Me and him were invited in. Ronnie Morris 
we got to that. I think it was last 32. He got into that math. That, I think it might have been the first year that was they accept, they were doing this for the fourth and fifth years of school. And I travelled in with Ronnie. Ronnie ended up playing for Blues, and he played for a team in Italy. And the last time I seen him, he was a crane driver. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but he, difference, <laughs> yeah, playing in the Blues to Italy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm crane driving. <laughs> yeah, that's mate. right. Yeah, yeah. So he's fluent Italian though. I'll yeah. tell you. I'll tell you about the best ever player I've ever seen at Blues. And when I've seen him again, I'll tell you that later. But so. That was that great. So I, I was in them early days. I was I was all right. And what position did you play? Sorry. What position did you play? Where Fullback you? or midfield? I oh, played yeah. centre half as a kid, but I, I didn't grow sadly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, did, I grew one way, but not the other one. <laughs> sweeper uh, though. Surely back then it was sweepers, it, it, weren't it? You know, yeah. your big ball winning centre half. That's right. That's right. I was probably a bit second centre half. Yeah. 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 It's a bit like other. So um, yeah, I love that. I've seen him with a few others. You don't get much deeper than Uddy, do you? <laughs> so, no, you uh, don't. <laughs> nah. So uh, so that was that. Yeah, into flood, bit of floodlit football. Blues. Give you an idea of what school of excellence was like. Then I remember going into Blues for a few sessions, whatever. And it was at Fox Hollies in Hall Green. One Astro turf pitch, six teams. Yeah, and you, all basically, you had a, you had like a sixth of this pitch. That was his. That was that was the school of excellence. It was pathetic looking back, that, wow. but that's what it was. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. it was. And then um, I can't remember it all. Flooded it up then. Played. Ended up ended up with this Kings Norton. That then this was the hickeys. This was them boys, and still pretty young. But then obviously they financed it up the league. Um, so they would have been like the inter- it would have been step four or five. The leagues have all changed. Okay. Like, but that was good. I was there for, for that was all right. I got a knee problem. I was out for a bit. Came back and ended up. I remember having a few games at Knoll. It was local for me to get back. And then I ended up at Sully Hill. I don't know how old I was then. And God, you, you thought died and gone to heaven. I thought, oh my God, what's this? You know what I mean? Um, because oh, what year was that? So about not about ninety nine or something like that. But in the eighties. In the 80s, at some point in the 80s, the old Sully or Borough Gap ground, which was in Hillfield, uh, Monk's Path, yeah. um, they sold that for £4.2 million. Right. So that was back in the 80s. Back in that, a lot of money back, back, back in the 80s. 80s yeah. yeah, so you're probably talking £15 million now. Yeah, yeah. But, it was, but the guys that got the money were just similar to, like, if you can think of a club down at step six, seven, so from your neck of the woods... I don't know, like a bow or swifts or something. Yeah, yeah. They've got yeah, a committee. Yeah. So Sully, Sully Borough had this committee. The chairman had run the bar. The vice chairman had cut the grass. The secretary had put the goals up. That's it. They never, they, well, they never had no money. But then, so then, so then, you had, you had these guys, and they wouldn't let anybody in. And they were, this is this is ours. But it, it was madness at the time. I remember rocking up there, thinking, wow. And I was only like brought in as a, oh, have a look at him kind mm. of thing. Um, but I took a liking to that place, and they took a liking to me. I'd already started coaching, but doing a bit of coach. I was doing coach bits of coaching at that point then, anyway. Um, and um, yeah, and start, started playing to start with, in and around the first team. Played most cap reserve player in the world at Sully or Moors, but it wasn't the kind of place you'd want to leave. You know, they were sending you up to get a tailored suit in Sully Hill. You know, the reserve yeah, yeah, team yeah. going on. Aston Villa's coach to reserve games. You're getting paid. It was just, I was thinking, what is, it was just food. It was just, wow, this is unbelievable. So that was Sully or Borough back in the day. And then, yeah, that was good. And, you know, some, some great. So, that, so yeah, so, so playing there. And that basically, to move on 
before going to sleep, but that was playing there, and eventually it was there when, basically, I got involved in in really, Sully all were ahead of the time then, getting the reserves and youths, reserve team set up. Had a, but back in the day, it was, it was just any old Tom, Dick and Harry, and we come up with this under-21 policy. Oh, okay. You know, um, we wanted to get arsed, yeah, but yeah. we need to change all this. I'd had my second op on my knee. Right. I, I thought, I'm ready to, you know, I've got, you know, I was doing a bit of coaching there, doing a bit of coaching there, doing whatever, and I said, look, we can do something. I was saying to these, they liked me anyway. They could see I was there for football. A lot of people there taking money off them. Mm. I was there just for football, just football mad. I said, look, we can, you know, we can all these kids, we can do this, we can do that, we can do this. I've done a bit of coaching, air there and everywhere. So, and that's when I started to set that up with some good people. And that's where it went from sort of playing to... Well, that you've to gone straight back onto our next yeah, so if you want to carry us on, Did it. you, like, injure yourself in a game? Or was it, like, it just, just a it just recurring issue? Wear, wear and tear. Wear and tear. I, I, I'd had it from, a, probably, in, in late teens. Yeah. And a couple of ops. And I think, I think I got to a point about, I don't know what age I was, 24, and yeah, I was doing this, I was doing that. I think, well, you know. Were you just struggling to play as well? Yeah, and then I'd be patella tendon done at the time as well. That's yeah. you know. Then when I got set, set this, so when I, I came back, then I, I carried on playing a bit, um, and there was helping organise all this lot and um, linked with the first two. And then we, God, we reaped the benefits. All you all did of that, that all them kids. So we were getting all these kids in, playing in that reserve, Midland Com Reserve League, whatever at the time. All these young boys, um, lots of them went on to play for the first time. Lots of them went on, went on, did all right again. Um, and that was enjoyable, but yeah. then you hit a point when you sort of miss first time football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the um, so did you struggle to switch from that playing to coaching and managing, or were you nah, like, no, really, ready no. for I'm, no. I'm, I'm happy to do nah, that? No, because if what you see today is probably all these young boys, girls coaching, lots of it going on now, but back in you can go back in the back in the 80s, so when I was 15, 16, I was doing that. Okay. Before yeah, and yeah, nobody yeah. else, everyone thought it was a bit of a freak. <laughs> I was getting on the bus with me bag of balls and me bag of bibs, going down to different parks, doing coaching sessions for these football teams, yeah. and getting back on my bus and going out. Right. So, okay. so I was that. I was. I was. That's. And I think it was. Just, it was a path I wanted to take. Yeah, that's fine. You know, that's there might have been an element that I thought. You know, uh, some people said, "Well, you were never any good, so it's a good job you went down that path." But yeah. I don't know. I just. It was a path. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the coach. I was more of a coach then. Yeah. Um, and uh, but always had that bit of management structure, chasing players, organising things. I was always at that side of me as well. So it was always there from a very early age. So yeah. So uh, did you have a growth mindset with it all though, Paul? Like, did you feel that you were going to achieve what you've achieved? Like, no, looking no. back, really? No, no. You just—it's in the moment, really. Really. I, I weren't probably. I weren't. I think I was that swallowed up by Solio yeah. at the time. I was just—I'd landed at this football club with some great people. All these experts, because the first team was just, had, the names of the players they had was phenomenal. That's that so much money. But mm. I wish I was just going through that door now, now, with yeah. all my knowledge now, yeah, yeah. to them group of people and going, right, leave this to me. Yeah, because they could have got, it, it was just a total mismanage after mismanage after mismanage after mismanage after mismanage, which it was nothing I was involved in. But when you look back and think, God, I don't mind, so how's that happened? Mm. Um, but, um, no, so then the story, the habit evolves to where you're going next is that how the first team came back again. It was just, I was about 27 now, and Kings Norton, who was, this was, they were a team that, this was not the Hickey's team, this is a different Kings Norton, 
Um, Mike Rowley was the chairman. Steve Denner, who's half church now, they were part of this. They built this team, come through Midland, come into the internet, all this. Uh, but then stuttered. And then they came for me uh, at, at 27. They had the guy that had been there for years that managed look, we want you to come in with Peter. It was sad anyway. And I thought, ooh, first time, you know. I thought, I'll give that a go. Because mm. I've done enough now with the youth, whatever. And, uh, and so that was, that was the first kind of job as a first-time manager. How at, was that? At 27 as well. Yeah. That's young. Yeah. What Young and naive, yeah, yeah. Really? But, yeah, but um, me coaching, my enthusiasm and my coaching and my energy would have got me through them days. Mm. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. like a bottle of pop, you know. But still had a bit of cop on life. Mm. You see some people, you go, oh, come on, you, you, you've got to get, you, you. probably my upbringing a little bit, I, I knew what was what was. So it just sort of, um, but then what, was, what I wasn't ready for was I'd had all these years at Sully Hill, you know, no suits, no <laughs> shoes, yeah. you know, anything you want, going into a club, Kings Norton, based at Triplex, played at Samwell, Interlink, uh, nowhere to try, and all this, I'm thinking... Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But you just knuckled down. And yeah. had a great year. Had a great one year. Had a great year. We managed, we finished second. We won the cup. Got a few youngsters in. A few of the Sully old boys. Some of the players you'd come across in the league and whatever. Had some good old boys there. It was brilliant. Had a great, great year. Great, really. I can still remember lots of it now. Some good boys. Not thinking, I mean, some of the. We, we had, again, Mark Whitehouse, Kevin Sivright. Some of the older listeners will, will remember them. And then, then we just had that little group of players, youngsters, Richard Field, Craig Woodley. Craig Woodley. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did a stint there, yeah, yeah, yeah. James Wood, yeah, I'm trying to remember them all now. Um, it was a nice little bunch there, and uh, but it was a real kind of, it was, I can't remember, it was about 30 quid a guy, you know, it was in, it, that song. It was a real, real good group. And God, we didn't have to, but we beat some good sides that year. And, uh, yeah. That's and then at the end of that season, um, the phone went. It was Paul Dyson, who was manager of Sully or Borough. And he was like, we, we want you back. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and back I went as his number two or first team coach. I take it that was a higher... Yeah, Sully or Borough were looking yeah. two legs above, I think. Oh, OK. Like, yeah, so, so that was... And that was, that's how, how that sort of come along. And I think there was probably an element of that summer... Um, I'm, I'm sure that it would have... The first team hadn't done too well. The money had started dwindling away... Uh, believe it or not, how you could, you know, but they did buy a they did buy a ground, which is Damson Park. Right yeah, at the top. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was going through 1.2 million. But that's the best thing they ever did because you might go up there and see that ground, which is amazing. But they had a load of land behind it as well. Yeah, so I was up yeah. there and all that was going on. Um, and what killed them was then that they bought the ground, then they had to develop the ground. But it was the running cost of the ground as well. Mm. And you had those people that didn't let anybody in really, and you know they, they couldn't, you know. You know, they would they struggle to run anything really. Nice people, but it, it was, like you say, it was just further on in the story. That, that's what it ended up being Sully or Moors because the, 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 they, were, they were going really. But mm. um, yeah, so rocked up back there with Paul Dodd, but they also brought Dave Bust in that summer to head up to uh, with the youth and reserves and brought me back to work with Paul. I knew Paul anyway, great bloke. Old Coventry Centre half. Yeah. Old yeah. Um, mm. And that was. The money hadn't completely gone at Sully Hall, but the budget were but still but that but were still some of them characters. I mean, the, you know, you all of a sudden you're taking training session. There was Nicky Cross there, Keith Burchin used to come and train with us, um, Darren Bradley, 
you know, as well as some, all these, you know, but Martin Myers, Andy Penny, Javi Downing, all that lot. So yeah, that was, um, and I was still only twenty eight, like, you know. So, um, <laughs> That's mad, isn't that? Yeah, crazy, yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Telling Nicky Cross, you know, yeah. he, I think he's still the only player to play hundred games in one, two, three, and four division one, two, three, and four. You know, and go stop, stand still, Nicky. Now, what do I want you to do now? <laughs> <laughs> he's probably looking over and going, "Who the fucking hell is this?" <laughs> With his whistle round his neck. Did it ever like um, not not affect you? But did you ever think like being a young manager and talking to older players? Was that ever an issue, or was it like they did syndrome? Yeah, yeah. Or did they go no? Like I think possibly. I think I touched on it before. Yeah, that I think because I um, I probably was at my death, but I, I didn't know I was at my death. Mm. And I think it was just. I think if it, if it, if it's how I think now, and what, what how I think now, and how deep probably I am. Looking back now at that that person, I think how the fucking hell did I do it? Mm. Yeah, you know I mean. Um, mm. But again, I, I can go back to different times. You know, I've got different qualities, and my qualities then were definitely. I loved it on the training ground. I was full of energy, um, Mr. Motivator, and a lot to drink in the bar after. Mm. So there was a lot for them to like. Yeah. And I, I was ahead of my time with the coaching, hundred percent. Then I know I was. So these boys would be telling me, "Fucking hell, this is all right. This is fun." You know what I mean? So it was. Uh, so I'd probably won them over that way. And there was some. So going back to Sully Hall, there was a few players there, like the the senior players like Andy Penny and Joey Dowling, who would probably have my back anyway. Okay, yeah. They go, oh, no, no, he's all right. He's, you know, so that once you've got them on board, then yeah. then it probably helped me a little bit with that route. So, um, so then, how did like how's, how's Owen come in? When was that after Sully Hall Borough? Yeah, so, so the story at Sully Hall Borough was sadly the dice thing, dice thing didn't last very long. We moved into the ground. But that was mainly because things had been cut back, you see. Then Dave Buse was appointed. Dave was appointed as me. And I think that was probably always the idea. Uh, and I had a great... So, then, so I had a great two and a half years with Dave. Yeah. Um, as assistant manager. That was good fun. That was good fun. He was a great, great bloke, Dave, and his family. Dad John used to have a scouting. Um, and we had some good times, and it was the budget was manageable. Um, and... Uh, yeah, brilliant. But then it went again then. So got to about, after two, two and a half years with Dave, if my memory serves is right, then it's, now it's drastic times at Sully It's, it's, you know, we're struggling now to pay bills and all this palaver. But of course, so Dave's looking, oh, I'm off, whatever. And I think at the time I thought, I said, yeah, okay, fair enough. I think, you know. So we were sort of going together, if I remember correctly now. And... But obviously, I've been at Sully a long time. They've been really good to me. They give me a yeah, chance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All the rest of it. So Trevor Stevens was the vice chairman who ended up being chairman. He rings me and goes, "Look, we're in the sheet. You know, you know we are." I said, "We need somebody that can get younger players in whatever." And Dave was just about to be appointed Eversham as the Eversham went to Eversham after that Dave Pearson. And I rang up Dave. I said, "Look, I, me and you will never fall out." I said, "But look, they've rang me. Blah 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 blah. You know, you're Dave Pearson. You're you know, I'm." I've just been hovering around. I said, look. He said, no. He said, I know, I know the ring. I said, you do. He said, look. So I did. So then I went there for a year. I had a year then at Sullivan's manager. That would have been 2001, two, roughly. Um, so I'm now about, oh, no, I'm now, ooh, I'm now over 30, about 30, right. 31 now. Yeah, I'm getting, yeah, getting on a bit now. So I mean, a great year. So, but what I had to do that year was the group applied to cut people's money, find these. I remember picking up this lad called Matty Hawker from Knoll. Um, Sully Run is still in a decent, they haven't gone down or anything. Um, it was £25 a week, you got about 15 goals and a 
attacking midfielder, picked up these little gems, and what a great year. Some of these boys, these young lad from a couple from over your way, Pete Barry. Remember him from years ago? Pete Barry was Atherston. Nicky Preston. They're all young boys. Nick Preston, centre half. Yeah, left footed boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He was in Neaton as well. That's right, yeah. yeah. He was and, only about. And Hinkley. And Hinkley, that's right. Yeah, Nick I Preston. think it might have been Hinkley we got him from. He used hey. to work with my mum, he did. Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah good lad. <laughs> yeah. So, got all this lot in, and they were young then as well. Yeah. And we had this great season, and, um, and then towards the end of the season, towards the end of that season, I didn't actually complete the season. Because we didn't do any good in the cup, so our season we were March going on with our season there, and we were about third, I think, in this league. But it was the season when the structures all changed, so it's when the National League North and South come in, all the rest right, of it. Okay. So in the league you're in, as long as you finished in the top five, you went up to this new Southern Premier. Right. Okay. Um, so it was finishing the top five. Now, from the Sully Old point of view, they probably didn't really want it, um, but then the house having got. Their manager was Brendan Daniels, on the Newton boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, England non-league boy. Um, yeah. And they got rid of him about oh, February, March, about February time, I think it was. And at the time, I was having a lot now. Um, a big club now, isn't they? Yeah. Again. But they were like that then, uh, before they had the problem. So this is, they'd been in the, at the high, they'd come down a league, but they were well supported, whatever. Um I didn't apply for the job. I never applied for it. Um, I was, you know, Sully always sort of. I was focused on trying to sort that out. And um, I, uh, they rang me. That, that, that Nigel Pitt was the chairman. He rang me and he said, he said, uh, you're aware of the the jobs um, um, been advertised. I said, yeah. I said in the sports argus in the days. Like, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just wondering why you haven't applied for it. I don't even remember saying that to me. I said, well, I've got a job, you know. I, 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 I said, I've got a job. I said, how would you feel if I was your manager and applied yeah. for another job? Oh, that's how I was, you say, yeah. even then. He went, oh, well, would you, would you like to come and have a chat with me and Mark? And it turned out to be Mark Sorrell. You know, kidding, Mr. Chairman. Mm. And, uh, and to be fair, at this point now, Sully all now, what was driving me mad, I was doing everything to keep it going. And I mean everything. I think the locks would have... If it wasn't for me and a chap called Joe Murphy, I think the locks would have gone on the gate. We're bringing money in. We were fine. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rallied some fans around. But then you're looking over and going, oh, come on, help us out a bit, will you? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I went and seen him. Chat like this in, 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 a, in, a, in a restaurant somewhere over Wolverhampton Way. And uh, we had a really good night. We had a really good... Um, uh, good natter and all the rest of it. And... Uh, and that was on the Friday, that was it. We played on the Saturday, I was having lost again on the Saturday, I think it was. And on the Sunday, never thought anything, if I'm being honest, even now, never thought anything of it. And then on the Sunday, um, Sunday evening, I guess it was not to be up. So, um, Paul said, we just wanted to uh, offer you the post. And I'm not expecting that, you said. I'm thinking, hang on a minute, I've been, been sorry for years now, so I'm thinking, oh, I'm thinking, right. Now, now I didn't know what I was going into, you know what I mean? So, I'm thinking, right, okay. You, you know, you do understand we want a manager in place. We're playing at Cinderford Tuesday night. We want a manager in place tomorrow. So, do you need time to think about this? Do you, uh, and I, no, 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 I'm all right with that. I would come and see us to finalise all the bits and pieces. They're in a different hotel now. They love the hotel them too. We're up at <laughs> hotel in Warsaw now. And I went, okay, yeah, yeah. And it was a bit of a, a bit of a 
I was like, oh, wrong, okay. I put the phone down. I thought, I said to Chris, I don't know. I was having a job and I'm thinking, well, I'm piddled off with Solio. There's nothing happening there. You know, I've done as much as I can. And I thought, hmm, oh, I was having done something. Didn't really know I was going into to be honest. And I thought, hmm, should be all right, should know that. When I met them, and it was like, I'm sitting here with them too. And it's, I could have asked for a Ferrari and they said yes. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> you name it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, what do you want? Yeah. Now, and so, whereas Sully only had about seven, eight games left, these had 14, 15 games left. So there's still plenty of football to play. And so we moved, we're talking about this. What a, don't worry about the budget. It is what it is. Just you do. We've got it. We've got to finish in that top. We've got to get up. Where else are we? Where are these? Yeah, okay, well. So we're looking, looking through the. I was looking at the list of players thinking, bloody hell, that, that ain't going to do a lot. And uh, he said, we've got to get a number nine. We've got to get this. Have you got any ideas? And I started reeling off a few names. And one of the names was Nathan Lamey, the old centre forward. So, but I remember driving home from that. So I accepted it. They, they brought, Colin Brooks turned up. They all, he's been there for, he's been there longer than I was having. Um, they turned up. So was like we, had a little, we had a pot of tea or something. And it was about midnight. So I'm driving down the M6. And then I'm really thinking about it now. I'm really thinking, oof. I'm thinking about the team, what they've got. I'm thinking, God, there's a bit of shit to sort out there. I'm thinking, I thought, God, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I pulled up my car, pulled up my car. I'm not joking you. I walked around that car 50 times. It's now two in the morning, I reckon. And I'm thinking, I don't think I want to really do this. I said, it all happened so quickly. Mm -hmm. I didn't give myself any thinking time. And I thought, nah. So I rang him back about two in the morning, Nigel Pitts. <laughs> and I rang him back and I said, look, he said, I know what you're going to say. You don't want it, do you? I went, I'm sorry, Nigel. I've had a long drive. I've been thinking about it. I don't think I'm, well, if you're not fully focused. He, well, first of all, he said, I've done the fucking press release. And I said, well, look, I'm ever so sorry, but nah, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's not for me. You know, so that was that. So went to work. We trained on a Monday night at Sullivan. Um... On the Monday, it come up on what it wouldn't have been, whatever it was on them day. Nathan Lime has gone to, to Alzheimer. So that was the idea of Alzheimer. They were, they were, I couldn't get Nathan Lime to Sully Hall. I remember, you know, we were just, what we were paying at the time, and it was a certain type of young model or young model player or just an older player, but, you know, a bit cheap or whatever. It was, it was one of them. I went trying on the Monday night, there was, there was something happened on the night, to go to the club. And then line, we couldn't get Nathan Lime, it was something else happened. Then he was like, oh, well, I'm not sure, you're going to have to try and drop another one or two players. And But we were third or something in the late time. And I sort of got back in my car again, and this on the Monday. Pulled up outside the trough. I, I'm not, I'm, I kid you not, I walked around that car for another hour again. <laughs> right, thinking, what have I done? Really? What have I done? I, I've, I've, I've turned down this house having job, this club that really want to, Moving forward, really, this, for my loyalty to, to Sully Hall, and I'm looking at them thinking they're done, Sully Hall, they're done, and they're not even trying to help. But you know, as much as I've done everything I could for them, two or three years, I was there, I did everything on and off the pitch to get that, you know, where it was, and because um, I loved it, it was my club life, and um, and I rang him back. I reckon it was about twelve, one one o'clock in the morning again. On the this would have been the Tuesday, <laughs> the Tuesday morning, so. I said, have you appointed a manager yet? He went, no. He was very offish. Nigel, this was Nigel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <clears throat> but we've started interviewing again. I said, do you want to give me another interview? Not really. 
I said, OK. I said, well, listen, it, it was all a bit too quick for me. I've had 24 hours to think about it. And if the offer's still on the table, I'll be a manager at Cinderford tomorrow night. And he, hummed, he went, I said, well, it's up to you. I said, but all, I'll leave it with you. He said, but if I was the right man 24 hours ago, I'm the right man now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, well, I'll come back to you. Yeah. Two o'clock in the morning, the phone goes, it's not repeat. <laughs> Played the game. He went, are you sure you want this? Are you 100% <laughs> sure you want this job? So after another hour of walking around my car, I'll change my mind again. <laughs> said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then funny enough, he rang me then at about half six on Tuesday morning. I hadn't slept much anyway. He rang me about half six on Tuesday morning. Nigel Pitt said, you haven't changed your mind again, have you? Because I'm putting this fucking pressure on I said, no, I haven't changed my mind. And as it happened, I went from Sully all that day. Was like, that was... That was it. All happened. It was a shame. It happened quickly. There was no issues there, and um, we went to Cinderford and won two one. I was going to ask that. Yeah, yeah. yeah Did yeah, he yeah. score? Did that striker score? Lamey scored. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing, I'll tell you, there was a, 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 a boy called Simon Forstick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Left back. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. He was. Yeah. So basically, I'd seen him. I was at Sully Hall and watched him play for Shepshed Dynamo. I okay. thought, I've got to get get a hold of this kid, this Forstick. Um, but he went to Wales, I mean. But he'd stopped going. He, he had, Brendan wasn't playing it. So he, he, I think, where did he come back to? I don't know. Oh, okay. So I rang, he was registered for our zone. So I rang him while I was walking around the car on the Monday night. I rang him on the Tuesday. I said, listen, I said, put, I'd spoke to him a couple of times just to try and get him to Sully Hall. And he, I couldn't get him over. I said, so what you doing? Well, I said, look, well, you're playing. So I'm, I've taken over our zone. You're playing tonight. I said, look, just bear with me. And he did. He was brilliant for us to I think he got one goal, Lamy got the other. And then we just, just very quickly managed to get in. You'll know that the, 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 one of the, the first songs, Lamy, got Dave Highwood in, the left back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. your neck of the woods. Mm. Got, when my, I just got Dave Highwood in, Nathan Lamy, got four stick back, brought a boy called Jimmy Harhalf, who was just lightning quick. He was at the Blues, more green. Um, he was brilliant for us, little Jimmy. The fans absolutely loved him because he, he, he looked about... He looked about twelve, mm. you know what I mean, and he was just—he just, was just this lo- lovable little boy. Steve Farmer there then? So no, no, off. no. That was after. Brought Steve oh, in after. Okay. There was one more signing. There was so there was Limey. Let me back. Wasn't Preston, was it? Who Preston here? It's Dave Highwood, Limey, Jimmy Harhalf. There's one more. About four, and we went on a run. I think we lost one out of 15, 14, End up finishing third. Promoted. Sully Hall went up as well. And if I'm being honest, a chap called Guy Russell, hmm. old bit of a non-league boy, and I was still sort of helping them a little bit as well because I did want the, the changing room to go up because um, I put a lot of work into it. Yeah. The club, obviously, that was a problem. For, that was up to them to sort out. Yeah. And to be fair, I was sort of helping him on the phone and speaking to players. And then the night we actually went up, so when we beat... We were up anyway. Our last game of the season, we beat somebody at home, I can't think, and there was a bit of a do in the bar after bit of a do in the hours having by the else while they're going back into the Southern Premier. And so I was there till about nine, ten o'clock. And then I went over to Sully Hill and went out with them boys because they were out okay. celebrating. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was good. So I suppose I got got them both promoted to be fair. Yeah, yeah. So uh, well, was, uh, you were quite you were, you were successful at how's uh, yeah. promotion first round of the FA Cup. Mm. Is that right? First round of the FA Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Worcester Worcester Worcestershire Senior Cup wins as yeah, well. Yeah, a couple of cup yeah. Um we the FA Cup run. Now, how's how, no, no, well, I was a bit taken back about how's how, yeah. how big the club was, really. Um, and, uh, but you adapt. And, um, but I was stitched up a bit, really, because they'd spent a lot of money 
in the the ch- in the years gone by at the higher league, trying to get into, they were in the old trying to get in that cup. They struggled and spent a lot of money. Um, come down, then it was like right, that's it now. Want to reason they appointed me? We want somebody younger. We want younger. We want more local players. We want younger. I'm going cheaper players. Yeah, that was a scenario. So even that was a much better job than Sully. It wasn't the Sully. So that was one thing, and that worked. It, there's no doubt it worked. Um, but yeah, we managed to get up, and we, we and we, we 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 should have gone up again. Really, the side we had the first year. Um, but again, young at the time. Now I've been, I've been going. Right, we need three players. Yeah, yeah, we need. Yeah. We didn't have the squad. But it was all. It was all about the budget there. They, all, no, they didn't want to go up. That was the bottom line. Mm. Oh no, we don't want to go up in that league. We're all right here. Crowds are good. Just hover around the playoffs. Him and Mark Zarell, you know. Yeah, yeah. But when I look back and think, God, when I think of it, there was a lot of money in the FA Cup then. Um, they've took a bit out now. So that particular year, because I mean, you know, we, we went to Brig in the fourth. Qualifying round. Okay. Won the Vars the year before. Yeah. Live on. We took about 600 hours home fans up north. Yeah. You know, it was, if not more, live on the ride. It was all going on. BBC were there. And we won 4-1. And it was, um, we'd signed Steve Pope, the centre-half. It's a bit crew and kiddo. Centre-half ended up getting 21 goals that season. Yeah. Centre half. Centre half. <laughs> yeah, he, him and Preston at the back. Nicky Preston. Really? Yeah. 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 Dave Ivard left back. Yeah. yeah. And but Steve Pope was great at set plays, but free kicks. He was on penalties and free kicks. He said. Oh, okay. So he's free kicks around oh, the edge okay. of the box. Yeah, he yeah, scored yeah, one yeah. at Brig like a rocket. Just over those tornadoes. He was he was fantastic. Steve. He was a bit of a character. He was a fantastic player. So there was Jimmy Har half scored that day. Pope he got a couple. I think one did I? Richard Burgess. Jason Moore, Jason Ashbrook, same two names, one one player. Um, but oh, that was unbelievable. That. But then them days, they do the draw for the first round of the Epic Cup in the, it was half six on the Saturday night BBC. So we're all we're, we're all in there now. We've all had a celebrate. We've all had whatever. And we just missed. Oh, we just, I remember that. We, well, I think we just missed Shrewsbury. We just missed somebody else. And we ended up with Hayes and Yedding. Oh, oh okay, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's probably. The, not the smallest clubs in terms of um, who they were as a football club, but they got 100 people watching them. Home or away? Away. It was oh. horrific. It was horrific. It was like it couldn't have, it couldn't have been. It was, like the, it was the draw from hell. And I tell you, you got the winner to knock us out, DJ Campbell. Oh, Did yeah. he? Yeah. Do you know how he played for us? Well, I watched him play down in Eaton, but of Stevenage. Yeah, that's right, yeah. did you? Yeah, yeah. And it was just... And then, then they drew... Slabbing the next round because that's your number. That was the number of the winners. We should have won the game, lost it to a dodgy penalty. DJ Campbell, right? They get slow, hammer slow, and then get Newcastle away in the third round. <laughs> Could you yeah. tell he was going to kick on from there, DJ Campbell, or was he not? No, no, he was, he was sharp. But it, it, was, it was the Newcastle game. It was that, that, after that, that was it. It's every year, and it was somebody. He was the story that year, DJ yeah, Campbell. Yeah. And then he got a move to wherever it was, and you know, and right. Paul. Yeah, it's right. He's been all over, hasn't he? Yeah. Really, yeah. But it was, it was that FA Cup run, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah DJ Campbell he got the uh, tucked it away the penalty. Wow. Mm. Quick message about one of our sponsors, Tread. Tread offer top quality grip socks for all types of sport, available in a range of different colours. Tread won't let you slip. Check the link out in our bio on social media or check out treadsocks.com and use code PODCAST at checkout for 10% discount. Sports Social Podcast Network.